Hello, and welcome to the Cardinal Cafe. My name is Greg Chastain, and I'm the president of Voices of Hope. I'm here with my buddy Ed Siegel, who is the vice president of Voices of Hope. Hey, Ed. Hey, Greg. How are you? Awesome. Back to season two, second show. It's a new adventure. I know. We're on a roll. We have a first blind interview tonight. <laughs> yes, it's a first phone-in interview. Last week had a little glitchiness, so we're going to try it this way and then see what happens. It's a big, big week for me, by the way. Ed knows, and anybody who follows me on Facebook or friends know, because my school, Purdue, is in the Sweet 16. Ooh. It's been a while since we've been to the Final Four. Actually, my freshman year of college there was the last time we were in the Final Four, back in 19-something. Wow, but they're playing the big Cinderella upsetter this week. Yeah. 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 St. Well, Peter's, we'll see... Uh... See what they do. See if I, they can keep on a roll. I had to look them up. New Jersey. I yeah. never heard of them. That's the way it goes. Sorry, right. Kentucky and all you know, the others that lost. Oh, um, please don't talk about <laughs> Kentucky. <laughs> My bracket got shot right in the first round. Ed and I are in a bracket with some buddies of ours. And after the first weekend, we've all lost. <laughs> I don't know who's good. It's going to be like golf. The worst score is going to try and win yeah. this one. It's terrible. But. I might win then. Anyway, so go Boilermakers, Friday night, Philadelphia. Right, here you go. If we'll I, be rooting for you. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so if nobody sees me, if they lose Friday night, I'll be uh, away for another week just crying under my bed. We're back, number two, and we have an amazing guest this week. Very Mich exciting. Very exciting. Ms. Cheryl Benteen from the Manhattan Transfer is <laughs> with us. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hi, Cheryl. <laughs> We're doing good. Do you miss our Boston winters? Uh, can I honestly say no? Well, if you said anything else, it wouldn't be honestly. So I know I shoveled too many years of, I get off a tour and there's my car, you know, behind three feet of snow and I'd have to shovel it out. So I can give you a real good no on that. Yeah. <laughs> I, every time I see you uh, post from where you're living now, I'm just so jealous. I'm like, oh, I've been there before. And I was just like, oh, it's such a beautiful space. And I'm sitting here shoveling my driveway. Yeah. yeah. Palm Springs we're talking about. And it's uh, it's pretty heavenly. It's supposed to be 90 today. So that's a little warm. But, hey, we're half know. of that today. I know. Yeah. <laughs> did, we, did we actually get up to 45? Yeah, we did get up to 45. Oh. It said so in my car as I was doing grocery shopping. That's a tough time yeah. about this, yeah. this time of year. You know, spring is here. But... but, you know, I miss the fall. I miss that for sure. I'm sure when you tour, you get to see seasons and all over the places and what they are, like whatever the countries like Australia is upside down and they have the summer in December. And I'm sure when you tour through the world tours, that must kind of throw you at times. It does sometimes more the time than actually the the visuals, because we we get out of the airport, we get in the bus, we go to the hotel, we go to the car, go to the theater, go home and go to bed. So there's not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of sightseeing available, but it's true. I mean, the winters in Europe, oh, especially like Finland, Norway, just just breathtaking. Sweden, they're just gorgeous, mm. gorgeous. You've been touring a long time. If I, I read correctly, you joined Manhattan Transfer in 79? Yes. Yes. Yeah, wow. 43. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. We're coming up on 50 next year. We're having a, a big 50th anniversary tour. Wow. Oh. Wow. Are you coming out east? Hopefully. Oh, sure. Don't know exactly where. I looked at your tourist schedule and I saw, oh, you're in Hawaii a lot next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a story behind that. We were supposed to be in Honolulu, like, I want to say almost two months ago, two days before. I just went in for a normal test to make sure I was fine. And I wasn't. I got COVID. So oh, we had oh. to cancel Honolulu. Oh, oh no. 
Oh, I know. They were a little upset at me, but they really couldn't say anything. Right. <laughs> you know. But we're going back at Good. the end of June. Yeah, June? Honolulu's beautiful. April, May, June. Yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous. Well I, well, I can't wait for you guys to come out here. We'll have to look at the uh, the schedule yep. and, and chat we'll and get a group, to, group yep. to come out and see you. Oh, yeah. I don't know where we're going to be performing yet. I mean, it'll be a theater, so yeah. that's all I know. No, maybe you'll be here when we're singing the national anthem at Fenway, and you can join us again. Oh, <laughs> did I love that? Oh, that was a thrill. That was a thrill for me. I got to tell you. Oh man, as it was for us to have you with us. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of stood there because you really had a vocal arrangement, and I'm going, oh, I don't know what part <laughs> I should take. I'm used to vocal arrangements, but not not that short a notice. I thought, we'll just go out there and, you know, and sing the uh, national anthem. It was beautiful. Your voices, you know, are stunning, oh. are just, it was gorgeous. Thank you. Oh, I just did you. my first solo national anthem at the <laughs> garden for the Boston Bruins. And I don't know if you've oh. ever sang it solo before, but I will never no. sing it. By, I will never sing it by myself again. <laughs> oh was, my God. Oh. I've seen a lot of like uh, famous singers just stumble to the floor. It's hard. It's a very difficult song. Well, I bet they give the famous singers a sound check. I didn't get a sound right. check, so I didn't Ooh. realize that I couldn't hear myself, and it was... And you did a back slap? Did it slap at the back of the field or anything? Oh, it was It was in the Boston Garden, and it was... A slap back? It sa- it, it, I'll put it this way. So you've recorded, so if you had your headphones on, and yeah. you're singing, but what you're hearing is half a second back at you while you're trying to sing the exactly. next word oh my god oh. I, and it's only a half a second but when you're trying to follow something that's oh, no, a, no, no. A, just an eternity yeah but i got a cool it's jersey insane. out of it so i'm happy <laughs> okay, <laughs> and okay. voices of hope and voices of hope got some good publicity so it was go. nice i will never do it alone again ever ever oh my god no 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 i'm i'm really impressed that you really did it in the first place i would just say eh, you know i'm busy that day <laughs> it's terrifying are you kidding oh my god yeah this was part of our holy grail that we we have sung for all the major sporting teams in boston except the bruins and they would never mm-hmm. allow a group on the because it's just there's just too many of us and they logistically they couldn't have us on the ice Right. Ed and I were just talking before the show about our favorite Manhattan transfer songs. Birdland, Boy from New York City, Java Jive is my wife's favorite shaker song. But then we're like, do you remember when we did Twilight Tone at a, it's it's called the Winton Club. It's a fundraiser Uh for the Winchester Hospital. And one of the songs that we were in was Twilight Tone. We got to wear some of the strangest psychedelic, but I was excited because we got to do it. But it was was awesome. It was one of our favorite memories yep. from uh, from doing that song because we're like this is this is awesome it was challenging Aww. i'll tell you it was really challenging arrangement but yeah it was so much fun yeah and it's theater you know that's one of the few tunes that we do that are real theatrical we used to wear spacesuits and roll around <laughs> on the floor and have dry ice and- when i was looking back at some of the stuff that you've done there was another great theater connection for me in the project that you guys did with Bobby McFarren, you did Another Night in Tunisia. This gr- It was great vocal arrangement. And I think you won a Grammy for it. Thank you for bringing that up. Thank you. I was in a, a show, a play called Sideman, and one of the themes through the show was Clifford Brown. And it was a memory show that went from the, the Sidemen of the 40s all the way up through current day. And one of uh-huh. the sound cues for one of the scenes that I was in was Clifford Brown's 
rendition of A Night in Tunisia. And so I said, wow, what a great wow. connection. And that's a beautiful piece. It is. You know, it's a classic song, and it's got lyrics. But when I, uh, I approached the group first, and then Bobby, I said, you know, let's just make it something else. Let's go to another uh, dimension with this, mm. which is where Bobby lives, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, And it's the first time I'd, we'd worked with him, and the only time, actually. It was his first Grammy, too, so very exciting. Mm. I, I love doing it. We actually didn't have charts. It's the first time, too, that we just kind of <laughs> had to, like, sing without a net, basically, wow. is what he said. So he would give us a certain amount of direction, and then we, uh, we took off from there. Wow. It was very, very fun. I was talking with you in person one time, and one of the, st one of the things you told me is you guys record together as, as a group. You don't go in a single booth. You guys stand around a mic and do all your recording. Did I remember that right? Well, we used to, yeah. And uh, that was back in, the, back in the old days when voices didn't have to have perfection in, in the performances. And, and then it got all weird with, uh, you know, with auto-tune and with, all that stuff. It's not like we don't use that, but we sang around one mic for many years and the producers would go insane. If one person made a mistake, we'd have to stop and start the whole song over. <laughs> we, you know, so they thought we were nuts. But in my mind, I think that was the creation and the foundation of our sound. Yeah. You know, oh, the yeah. sound that nobody could duplicate. In all honesty, we started doing a little more difficult music, worked with Merv Warren from Take Six, and I think he was the one that convinced us to do separate mics once. We didn't like that, but we do two and two. And now we record, Janice and I will record parts together, because we've got to somehow sing together. Mm -hmm. yeah. But also with age, you know, I mean, to be honest, our voices are different now. So, you know, we have to be a little more careful with the vocal sure. cords. My wife's got every one of your albums, and I we go out and listen to them. <laughs> I would tell her, like, just think they're they're standing around singing some of the most incredible and tight and hard <laughs> harmonies, yeah. and they're doing it while they're facing each other, singing around a single mic. I know. This is the first year we've ever done recording because we had to oh. for for COVID. We built our own studio. We had um eleven mics. Oh. We got a grant and, and did it. And oh. I have never had such a hard time. Yeah. doing that because i've never had to record and you have to be spot on right. when you're doing it individually uh -huh. and when we didn't sing yeah. as a group it was incredibly yeah. hard that's difficult yeah and so listening to your old tracks knowing that you guys did that and how many times you probably had to stop and start <laughs> no, and amazing. look at the other yeah, guy in the I mean, eye and go come on yeah yeah <laughs> especially the early stuff where i was still you know new at it it was actually for me it was more comforting you know, you could hit a, a note off here and there. And we did on those original recordings. There was stuff that was just not spot on. But I am proud to say we did Nightingale sang in Berkeley Square around one mic. Wow. Wow. So that to me is just <laughs> an amazing feat that I, I think is like our best moment around one mic. Well, at least with separate mics. Yeah. You, know, you have the opportunity to tweak things here and there. They're just a little off so you don't have to do something 20 times. <laughs> we didn't do that. I no, know. we never did We didn't that. do that at all. <laughs> we didn't do that at all. Uh. <laughs> yeah. It is harder to sing by yourself in space when you know you're singing in a group. Mm -hmm. it's, it's much more difficult. Well, yeah. that was one of the things that my wife, Dana, who's the artistic director, uh, would listen uh -huh. back to the 
you know, after we would do our individual parts and our sound right. engineer would put them together and would listen to it, it would be missing something. Because when you're singing together, when everybody's singing together, there's more of an, an emotion that, that comes across yeah. in the sound. But when you're singing it by yourself, you just yeah. don't have that opportunity to feed off the other parts that you're, that you're performing I with. I know. But when you're live, I mean, you get to live that. So yeah. that's nice. Yeah. And i got to say, when you're doing individual parts, the magic has to come with the engineer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's really got to create that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, uh, I'm not opposed to it when it's uh, the right thing to do. I mean, Pentatonics, they do all this separately. Right. Take six. They're all on solo mics. I don't think I'm giving away any secrets. No, it's just no, no, the way no. They, they we record, all know that. You know? <laughs> that was another, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Bobby McFerrin in Take Six open for him at the Orpheum in Boston. That was a great night of music. It was incredible. <laughs> oh, man. Our engineer was very meticulous. I had to drive to Salem, Massachusetts for... I would say to sing a 30 second bit yeah. that he didn't like that I'd sang earlier. So I had to drive oh, up to his yeah. house and put it in. <laughs> so oh I understand the engineering, uh, hearing, hearing better than ours. So right. I'm like, what do you mean? I thought it sounded yeah. great. No. And then I played it back. I'm like, Oh, you're right. Let me drive up there and fix that. That was, woof. yeah, they're, they're definitely part of the magic. Yeah. Hats off to them. Wow. So you're coming up on 50 years. That is so impressive. It's insane. I know. I think the only group that's gone further is Rolling Stones, and they just did 60. I oh. think we uh, have held up a little better. <laughs> I, I think so. Well, they were pickled. Physically, so. <laughs> visually. I'm not saying musically because they rock, you know, but it's amazing. I came in seven years after they grouped together, so I've got 40, 43, yeah, 43, mm. but it's still, yeah. you know. But you're in, all the, you're in all the music videos out there. Yeah. I, think, I think videos yeah. came after you started. Yeah, I believe you're probably correct. Yeah, those those look like fun. We did our first videos of this year too, and it was just not having professionals do it and doing it ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a blast. We had so much fun, and yeah, the ones yeah. that you guys did look like were a lot of fun. Like you said, right. the smoke and the dry ice and yeah. all that stuff. So yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of stories there we can get into some other time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you ever see Bleed Lot Blues or video of of uh, Lucy and I Love Lucy? No, I don't think no. so. Oh, go on YouTube, look up Bleed Blop Blues Manhattan Transfer video. You're going to lose your mind. Wow. You You thought Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem were good. Wait till you see us. (laughs) You know, and it was our, uh, the filmmaker, he he did five videos for us, Bud Schetzel. And it was actually Alan's idea. That was right. Because he said, we have the cast. And, you know, we didn't act, but we got on, on set and the director built this set that looked identical. I think it was even in Desilu Studios, one of the studios, you know, down to the shadows coming in through the doorway. And it was black and white. So <laughs> check it out and see what you think. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was watching some yeah. of your older videos, and your, your daughter looks exactly like you at that time. You guys oh. are you guys are twins. <laughs> it's, 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 really? Yeah. Like, like people say my daughter looks like me. I don't see it at all. So you, uh-huh. you might not see it, but... If you watch back at the older videos, and I saw a picture of your daughter that you put on Facebook, and I'm like, oh my God, she's your twin. <laughs> the genes are strong. When I with was this young one. and vital, now I'm, uh, yeah, now I'm old and gray haired. You know, <laughs> your thank experience. You. That's, a, that's, that's a compliment because <laughs> she's my baby. Yeah. I do want to talk a little bit about your cancer diagnosis. In this day and age, that's what Voices of Hope does. We like to talk about people's journeys and especially the successes like yours. 
you were interrupted for for a little bit of time with your music. Would you like to share that a little bit with us? Yes, I was interrupted. Absolutely. We were on the road. It was 2011. And we were actually in Europe, you know, and I started feeling just lousy. You know, the last thing you think is, oh, I probably have cancer. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that does not enter one's mind. But we were over in Europe, and I just started to lose my, my energy, and I had no appetite. And our promoter at the time took me to the doctor, and they gave me, like, a big oxygen box. So I would, like, suck oxygen in, and I'd be good for about 10 minutes. <laughs> and then it just it hit me again. Well, at the end of our Europe tour, I had lost oh, over, over 20 pounds, and I just couldn't eat. And I thought, what is this? And night sweats, like you read all about that stuff, all the symptoms. I didn't know they were symptoms. So Alan Paul, my partner, who had a great um, homeopathic doctor in Tarzana here, he said, i got to get you into a doctor. Something's wrong. You know, thank God for him. So he got me in like the day after we got home from Europe. I hung around for about six hours. He gave me some blood tests, but I was like between patients. So he really squeezed me in because Alan must have said, something's really, really wrong with her here. I did all blood tests. I went home. You know, and Zoe and I were going to get ready for dinner. It was close to Thanksgiving. And the doctor calls. He goes, is your daughter there? And I said, yes. He said, can she get in the car and drive you to uh, the emergency room? And I went, what? <laughs> you know, you know it's, I, I laugh about it now, but it was just so shocking and otherworldly i just said well he goes you know i haven't looked at all the blood tests but there's something here that i'm not liking so and of course they don't say cancer forever you know they might say it when you recovered but they never use the word it's Hmm. very very strange yeah yeah interesting so i went in the next day i had my spleen removed and then Hmm. had to wait about a month before they started chemo i had a non-hodgkin's lymphoma and I guess that had all the symptoms I had. I looked it up later, and my daughter actually said, Mom, look, you've got all the symptoms. I go, well, you think I'm going to look that up when I'm feeling like I have a bad <laughs> flu? Right. Oh, so the symptoms that you read about and hear about are spot on. If anyone is feeling, you know, I'm not saying, you know, get on the medical uh, you know, sites and, and be obsessed with it because that can go another route too. Yeah. <laughs> So I was home for, I did 12 rounds of chemo, and I was off the road for almost eight months, and I was more upset about that than I was the (laughs) cancer for a while. I said, wait a minute, we have a Christmas tour coming up, and the doctor just looked at me, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I did chemo, and at about five five treatments, I I was fine. But he said, no, we got to do the whole round. So, of course, the hair was lost. I was, you know, bald as a billiard ball and then had to wear wigs for about, you know, four or five months in the transfer, which is just a miserable thing to have to do on stage. But I didn't want to go out with a scarf or bald-headed. Anyway, so I was fine for a year. We were out traveling on the road. Well, we were in Seattle, and at one point, like a year later, almost the same month, it was like November, right, midway between, I couldn't believe it, and I was not feeling great, but I was not that sick, but I did have lymph glands that were, now they were visible, they were, they were swollen and sticking out of my chest, you know, and Mm. around different places where, where you have lymph glands, and I went, hmm, infection, you know, again, I thought, no, I'm fine, I just, 
And I went to a, you know, an urgent care and he couldn't have been nicer. And he, I think he was panicking because he called my doctor right there and he said, and then the, he told the doctor to tell me that he thought my cancer was back. He told this doctor I didn't even know and then told me and I went, oh, God, no, 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 no. Right. Went back to L.A. and sure enough, this time it was Hodgkin, so it was a little more severe. Mm. I went to City of Hope and not Voices of Hope. I wish you guys would have been there singing. <laughs> that would have been fabulous. And, and I was in the hospital for about 10 days, almost two weeks. And uh, they gave me a stem cell transplant. So that was pretty amazing. Wow. My doctor said, you don't want this anymore, do you? And I said, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Please you no. Know, all the time, I wasn't trying to be light about it. But there was a part of me, I, it's probably denial because I'm still dealing with stuff, that I just had to forge ahead. I just had to go forward. Because honestly, I didn't have time to get scared or sad. They just threw me in the hospital got the surgery, went back out on the road, came back, you know, bam, 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 bam. Yeah, that's my story. I've wow. got new cells, and I'm coming up on my, ooh, eight years. Wow, congratulations. It'll be eight years. That's yeah, fantastic. my rebirth day, they call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very lucky. I'm, I'm here. I did a podcast. I don't know, Greg, if you knew. I did a podcast uh, at the beginning of the pandemic called I Sing the Body, and I yep. talked to eight women who had recovered, who were still going through it. I just had a wonderful time, so that's still up there in the, on Apple somewhere, and that I just needed to do that. I needed to talk to other women, so later on, I realized I was doing this for me, too, because yeah. I learned a lot. You know, I, I was like the host, like you guys, but I was still listening and getting a lot of new information and a lot of hope and gratitude. And things that I really didn't experience, it was, you know, very revealing, very deep for me. And for the women, too, they couldn't have been more wonderful. Yeah, they were great. Your podcast, I Sing the Body, was the inspiration for why I wanted to do this. But I said, we have a lot of stories, too. No! Oh, my God. And it's just a way for people oh. to talk through their stories and, and heal through telling their yeah. stories and other people. We just spoke with a woman yeah. here, Sue Tab, who's on Magic 106 back here. She's the morning person, and she went through breast cancer during the COVID period. Uh -huh. And she was like, oh, should I talk about it? Should I not talk about it? So she did. She has a show called Exceptional Women. Oh, really? Yeah, and she did. And she got emails from other women like, thank you. I went and got checked, and I too had breast cancer. So it yeah, was yeah. it for her, it was very cathartic. But then she realized it's also very healing for people listening. Yep. So that's one of the reasons oh, yeah. why I, yeah. we talked about doing this, because I listened to yours. And we couldn't sing at the time because of COVID. You know, we we're all locked down. Yeah, so we're sure. like, this is how this kind of started. So you're an inspiration for this podcast. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> That's very, very nice. See that? You never know who you affect. Yeah, you just exactly. never know. That's right. And we tell our members that, too. We're like, Because we're in the middle of a show now, in the middle of rehearsal for a show that goes up in April. We're doing a grand night for singing a Rodgers and Hammerstein show. Um, it features all their best songs, but they're kind of reimagined. And what's also really cool yep. is Ed and I are in a song, you know, the song, Everything's Up to Date in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what they did, though, is this song is reimagined in a Manhattan transfer style. So Ed oh. and I are actually in that song. Yep. We're, we're the two males in, in that song. Oh, an, it awesome is it piece. is very cool. Once we get it recorded and oh stuff, I'll have to send you a clip yeah. of it because it, it is <laughs> exactly like yours. Whoever rewrote it, 
Yeah, they did a great they job. They did a great job there. There must have been a big Manhattan Transfer fan. because it is. Oh, a, I wonder who that was. Because there are a few writers out there that, that yeah. do, uh, you know, do our stuff. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to hear it and see it. That's great. Yeah, April 23rd and 24th for those listening around the Boston area. <laughs> Telling your story and then like the podcast you did, it's, it's just a way to get others to be able to be comfortable talking about their journey and hopefully other others will listen yeah. and like, you know, who knows, like, oh my God, I've had those symptoms. Let me go get checked out. You just never know. You never know. I had to have a biopsy in the middle of the pandemic. They thought they saw something and I was fine. You know, you just got to get checked. You just have to. And I know there's a lot of fear in that. It's like, oh God, what if they find something? Well, good. Let's deal with it. You know, better to find out now than later. That's right. Yeah. One of our members talks about the importance of not giving up and looking for what it is that's wrong. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, things get dismissed. Oh, it's just this. Yes. Yeah. It's just a yes. cold or something. But being exactly. persistent and making sure you get the answers that you're looking yeah. for often lead you to eventually the right diagnosis and is life-saving in a lot of cases. Yes. And with yes. that with that through my mom, I'm like she's like, "Oh, well, the doctor said." I'm like, "Yeah, that's one doctor. Let's go see a different doctor." Oh, well, he's been know, my doctor forever. And, you know, that, that generation is like the doctors were gods. I'm like, no, we're going to go see somebody else. <laughs> exactly. And that was her first battle with cancer, which she, which she won. The second one, she didn't. But the first one, we got her through oh. because we got her to see other specialists. And that's what you got to yep. do. You just, and you just go get it done like you did. It was great. You're like, I got to yeah. get this done because I got to yeah. get back on tour. <laughs> and I was blessed to get a good team of doctors well the doctor i went to originally which he was kind of my doctor the naturopath he set me up with a team and it was amazing i think at the time i just said oh okay here's another doctor here's another doctor i was just kind of floating along they were carrying me literally i talked to one woman a very dear friend also a singer who said the wrong doctor almost did her in so you really, really have to get a doctor you trust. Basically, you've got to believe him. You know, right. you yeah. have to believe. But it, that's hard sometimes when they say, when they're a doctor, they're the authority. So it really is hard to just go, I don't think he's right. But it's worth giving a second and third opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, no, you have yeah. to. You definitely do. It, and we're so excited yeah. and happy that you had a success story. We love sharing the success stories we have too many of the others and uh, we love being able to bring people on and yeah. share the success and get the word out yeah. there go get checked go get tested because you could be sick today yeah. and better in a year and off you go and back on tour and doing <laughs> the amazing things that you've been doing now i know are you still working on um your story for a book or a play or something are you still trying to get that done <laughs> well you know i put it aside for a while because i i couldn't find the right direction to tell a story and have it be somewhat entertaining it can't just be and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened so i'm still studying and creating and watching and listening to shows and programs that aren't the same thing but can tell a story without it being gloom and doom you know i have to make it inclusive and it's it's really a challenge mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i am meeting with a writer i have two shows out here i'm doing the week after i'm going to sit down with them you know, I started it with good intentions, and then I realized I was trying to tell a story before I got the music, and now I'm going to do it the other way. I'm going to get the music in place, and the story should flow easily between the songs. Anyway, long long answer short, I'm working on it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs>
chemo cocktails. That's the name. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they call the chemo. Yeah. You know, different cocktails, which yeah. cracked me up to begin with. So I thought that was that's definitely the way to go. They try to make it sound like it's going to be fun to take. <laughs> well, if they gave you a cocktail while you were getting the cocktail, that might make things yeah. a little bit more. Well, no, but they would give you some Benadryl, which kind of gave you a little buzz for a yeah. minute. So that was kind of good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, Cheryl, I'm so happy that you came on. I'm glad we met a few oh, years ago man. and have been keeping yeah. in touch. And when you come out east, if you need a if you need a chorus to back you guys up for anything, when you come out to Boston, just give us give us a oh. shout. <laughs> well, wait till she hears our version of Kansas City, then she might change her mind. Da, 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 da. <laughs> um, uh, we met a gentleman, Sean Allen Krill, who was in Jagged Little Pill. He actually got nominated Ooh. for a Tony for that. He came on to tell his story of how he lost his partner to cancer. And we became friends mm -hmm. and he was like, oh, come down and see the show. We're like, be careful what you wish for. Right. And a couple of weeks before they closed, sadly, um, 75 of us drove down to New York and saw his show. 75 VOHs. 75. Yeah, yeah, 75. And during the oh, pandemic, man. toward the end of the pandemic. Right. But it was like, really? we are going to go. And so we right went. Right after Broadway reopened. Yeah. Uh, we were yeah, celebrating yeah. the reopening of Broadway and 75 of us piled in everybody's different cars and headed down oh. to New York. So... Be careful what you oh, wish for it. when you come out here. You might have a whole audience of VOH members. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guarantee hey, you, you know will. I'd love that. Thank you so much. Again, we're so happy um, to share your survivor story and all. I know you hear it a lot, but I, I really have been a fan for, for a long, long, long time. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, we're old friends. So, you know, hey. Yeah, that's right. Gina will be excited to see you guys again. We just saw you a couple of years ago here in Boston. She's like, when are they coming? I'm like, I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> oh, good old Facebook kind of keeps us in, in touch. All right. Well, thanks, gentlemen. Ed, April 23rd and 24th. Give them all the information. Is Voices of Hope presents Roger and Hammerstein's A Grand Night for Singing, a reimagining of some of Roger and Hammerstein's classic pieces from a lot of shows that you know, but with it. A new energy and updated style will be there both the 23rd and the 24th, Saturday night and Sunday afternoon. Lots of seats still available. North Shore Music Theater, nsmt.org. And Saturday night, you know, there's a VIP ticket that will get you into the cast party so you can mingle with all of us after the show. And It'll have nice really... cake and cheesesteak. Oh, my God. The cheesesteak. <laughs> believe me, the cheesesteak that we get for these cast parties is to die for. That is well worth the VIP ticket right oh, there. Our friend, he owns Super Sub in Beverly, and he brings tray, oh. trays of cheesesteak and then Piantadosi <laughs> rolls, and you get in line and you make your own. I think that's why oh. people do our show, like for the cheesecake oh, party, right. cheesecake party after. <laughs> Can you send me one? I am so hungry right now. Uh, oh, uh, that's lovely. Oh, oh my God. Man. Everybody go. These guys are just magnificent singers. It was thrilling to sing with you and to listen to you. So don't miss this show. Oh, thank, thank you very you. much. We'll end on that note. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another show. We've got some other great guests lined up. We will see you, Cheryl, once again. Enjoy your 90-degree day. Right. <laughs> I shall. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye-bye.